Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, fellow Kitchen Table theologians, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're putting the theological cookies on the bottom shelf, or at least trying very hard to do that, where we can all reach them. And we try to do this in ways that are very applicable to the lives we live, because as we always say, the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. As a quick reminder for all of us, in our last series, we learned about the atonement. We discussed salvation, committing the unpardonable sin, the atonement itself, our redemption, and propitiation. And Pastor Jeff, today we're kicking off a brand new series that we're entitling Your Position in Christ. Yes, we are, and hello, Kitchen Table Theologians. Uh, Thanks for joining us, as always. We're very grateful for you and for you being a part of this community. Hope you had a chance to listen to our last podcast, where I had a chance to interview Dr. Dana Goodnow, and we talked about his book, Three Minute Theology, and I hope you've had a chance to uh, not only to hear it, but maybe even to go online and buy that book. It's a great help for understanding some of the uh, theology things that we talk about here, and Dana was a delight to talk with. So go check that out. That's that's our, our last podcast. I think that would be podcast number 52. And we're beginning a brand new season as uh, we kick things off, as Jen just said, uh, about what happens to us at salvation, but even more than that, what those things did to put us into right relationship with God. And so we're going to talk about the relationship that we are in as Christ followers with with God, because many of us, quite frankly, we don't know a lot about our position in Christ, and even what that means fully, and how that impacts our daily lives as, as believers. So these next few podcasts, I really think this, Jen, I think these may be the most life-changing podcasts for some in our Kitchen Table Theology community of all the podcasts that we have done so far. Well, that's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. We're going where no theologian has ever gone. <laughs> no, hardly. But, uh, you know, I, th- I really think it has that potential to do that for some of us. Well, fantastic. So why don't we start here at the beginning, as we often like to do. What exactly do, do we mean or do you mean when you say our next few co- podcasts will be talking about the believer's position in Christ? What does that mean? Let's begin with a question. So, Jen, have you ever found yourself saying, I'm not really in a position to be able to help you right now? I I can... Yeah, a few podcasts ago when you asked me if I'd loan you (laughs) $10,000. Oh, that's right. I was not in a position to say yes, but but we were live on the air, so I felt like I had to. (laughs) But my sister sister Kelly came through. Kelly came through. I mean, sure. I think we've all been there, you know, Um, and I think moms will especially resonate with this because we're always juggling lots of plates and some are better at saying no (laughs) than others. Often many women's conferences I've been to, they have to remind women in the audience that no is a complete sentence because we tend to overextend ourselves. Somehow though, I just can't see you saying to either of your children, I'm sorry, dear, but I'm not in a position to be able to help you right now. I I see it coming out. Oh, 
depends on if I think they have the ability to help themselves. And then I can justify that as a learning experience. But yeah, I think as parents, we probably do experience Mm -hmm. being in that boat. You were just mentioning that about the girls the other day, right? Yeah. Yes. Things change for you as your children get older, as you get older, the, the relationship the relationship doesn't really change with your kids. I don't think it does too much, but you know, it, you just have to go in some different directions because of the seasons of life that everybody's in. And I know that for now, Darlene and I, uh, parents of three adult children, we're, we're not in a position to tell them how to dress or tell them how to parent. Although it's very tempting. You had uh, them for a week yeah. <laughs> recently, too. So. I just like seeing my grandchildren <laughs> do to my daughter what my daughter did to, to me or my darling. It happens. It, it, it all happens. comes back around, folks. It does. So, you know, we don't tell them how to live their lives and do those things. Kind of, You know, when, you, when you're parenting them through elementary school and high school and even college, you, you have a say in that to some extent. But I, I just find that many Christians today— fall into the same problem of not knowing what their position is in Christ. You know it's there, but you're not quite sure what direction it has taken or where it's going or where God wants you to go in it. And a lot of us, I think, think that, okay, and I'm talking about Christians here, now now that I'm saved, I just kind of feel stuck somewhere in between the position of being an unbeliever and the position of heaven being my future home. Where does that leave me right now as we live our lives. So if we don't know our position in Christ, we'll never walk in our position in Christ, obviously. You know, we'll find ourselves stumbling along, uh, trying to figure it out, or maybe just simply walking along in ignorance, not knowing what is available to us in Christ, what Christ has done for me. You end up either being like the person who isn't in a position to help other people or you'll be like the person who doesn't feel they are in a position where they can do anything to help other people. That's really ironic because it's so far removed from what Christ wants for us, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, I think Paul it is that, you know, brings forth this idea of not only are we forgiven by what Christ has done for us, then we are set free to live a life of abundance, an abundant life. Yeah, and, and many of us never experienced the abundant life that Jesus talked about. I think you're referring to Romans 5. So since you brought that up, why don't we read some some verses from that chapter and help us get a grip on this? And if you'd read Romans 5 uh, out of the message, now that's, that's not a translation, it's a paraphrase, and we've mm-hmm. talked about all of that on here before, but I think Eugene Peterson did a really good job when he did the message um, and so much of, of Paul's writings especially, and, and the Psalms too. Mm-hmm. But I really like the way this, this comes across in, in Romans 5 in the message. Sure, and this is from Romans five fifteen through 17. Yet the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured out through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. There's no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous life-giving gift. The verdict on that one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on the many sins that followed us was this wonderful life sentence. 
If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes, absolute life, in those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting everything right that no man, Jesus Christ, provides, that one man, Jesus Christ, provides? I was almost going to have to really challenge your theology there. (laughs) No man, one man, two totally different things. We're going to go with one man on that. (laughs) So what I like about that, you know, you kept saying the word life and life-giving. Life-giving, extravagant. Yeah, abundant. And that's that's really taking off on what Jesus was talking about in the abundant life. And so what Paul's saying there is because one man, Adam, sinned, then death followed. But because one man, Jesus, came— and did all that he did, uh, he gives us uh, absolute life, and he calls us this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting everything right, which is which is really cool. So among other things, Paul's telling us that we've been made free, and we're we're free to reign with Christ. We're free from the tyrannical reign of sin and death, but we'll never walk out this freedom or confidently walk in this position if we don't even know we have it or that it belongs to us. So that's why Satan has tried to keep your true identity and position as a Christian buried for hundreds, we could say 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us to know who we really are and what a high position in the kingdom that we hold. Okay, so can this question that I'm about to ask (laughs) be answered as simply as I'm going to ask it? I I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. What then is our position in Christ? If we can't figure it out, tell us what it is. Well, you'll have to. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> it's it's a simple answer, but it is a many faceted answer. It's it's like the diamond engagement. Let me see. It's like the diamond ring and your engagement ring. That uh, you know, I'm looking at it. If Fred Fred did. No, don't go there. Jen's saying don't. Well, I don't actually have on my engagement ring because one I'm, of the prongs is broken it's on very it. Spark. It looks so like a diamond this to is, me. This is an anniversary ring. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to take that, whatever it is. <laughs> but, you know, taken as a whole, you look, you look at a diamond, and taken as a whole, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, but examined with intensity, examined with scrutiny, you get that thing under a microscope— and you see that diamond has many facets, many cuts, many refractions, and it makes it even more beautiful and breathtaking the closer you look to it. So to answer your question simply, what uh, what was your question again? What's our position in Christ? What's our position in Christ? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> what I, then you, you, is you our position in Christ? You threw me when you weren't wearing the diamond ring. <laughs> I'm keeping it safe. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 2.6 declares that we have been, quote, raised up with him, and we are seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So what's our position? We've been raised up with him, and we're seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I find you either have one of two responses when you read that. One is kind of yawning, well, that's nice, and because that, what, what does that mean? Or two, wait a minute, hold on a second, you know, let, that, that can't be, let, let me check another translation and try to get a clear understanding of this. And so you go to an online parallel Bible. What? And you, an online parallel Bible. 
What is an online parallel Bible? Have you never heard of an online parallel Bible? I have not. What is an online parallel An online parallel, parallel Bible? Bible is a parallel Bible that you access online. But what it goes alongside. I know parallel lines run exactly. alongside. And you can find them online. And if you're interested, kitchen table theologian, you can just Google, you know, an online um, parallel Bible. And it will come up. You pull up a verse and it might give you four, five, six, ten translations, sometimes more translations of the same verse. So you can literally read them one after the other. And so anyway, you you go to an online parallel Bible and you you look up Ephesians 2 6 and over and over again, and I I did this when I was preparing uh for this podcast, and they're all saying the exact same thing for the most part, you know, and, and so you think, okay then, this must be true that I'm seated with Christ, I'm I'm raised up with Christ. And so when you break that verse down, it really tells us three things. Number one, it tells us God raised us from the dead along with Christ, so spiritually speaking. Second thing it tells us, we're seated with Him in the heavenly realms. And the third thing it says, that we are united with Christ. Those three things. So that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah, three yeah. things are pretty significant. And that that definitely falls into the category of giving us more than we can ask or think. Sure. You know, abundance yeah. comes through that. You know, I would I would never have thought about being around the throne of Christ. And if I had thought about that when thinking about position, I wouldn't have dared to ask to be there. <laughs> I don't know what, what happens to people that, that close. We're going to find out one day. <laughs> well, I know. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Because you would never ask to be there or seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean we're seated on his throne? I seriously doubt that. But we're seated with him in some way in the heavenlies positionally. And then one day, I think we will experience that. And I think we, we kind of can't imagine that. It feels a little scary because there's kind of this feeling in us that maybe we shouldn't be hanging out there. <laughs> well, that's very true. <laughs> I don't deserve to be hanging out right. there, you know, right. but there it is in black and white in this perfect word of God. And I know probably like many of us, we've read that verse many times, but we've never really understood the impact of what it is saying. So uh, Pastor Jeff, you very quickly gave us three things that this verse is telling us. How about go back to those three things and put a little bit more meat on those bones for us? Sure. So the first thing is, he, he raised us from the dead along with Christ. So God raised us up. We don't place ourselves in Christ's place. We don't try to usurp anything of his. We aren't rebelling and trying to take over. You know, Satan tried that, didn't work out for him. We aren't trying to talk God into anything like, you know, hey, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> um, he gladly gave us this position, it, and it is his idea. Mm -hmm. And Yet when we think of ourselves, we want to go, what was he thinking? Why, why would he have done that? But sure. that's his will for our lives. And we will actually be disobedient to not take the rightful place that he wants us to have of ruling and reigning with Christ. Mm. So maybe you think you'll be humble and not accept the position, but that really, as a Christian, is shirking your responsibility. So that, that, that would kind of be saying that what you want or think, or what you're worthy of, or not worthy of, is more important than what God wants, or is more important than His view on this whole matter. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that if you don't step into that position that was assigned to you, you'll have a sense of being unfulfilled in life. 
And as a, as a follower of Christ, it's your destiny and it's your spiritual DNA. So being, being raised up from the dead along with Christ. Okay, so we've been raised up by God, and then you say we're seated with him, Christ, in the heavenly realms. Well, what's that all about? So we were raised up, which tells us our position in Christ is one of a high position. And I love this verse out of Deuteronomy 28.13. I think we all know uh, Deuteronomy. We, we always start to, we, we say at the beginning of many years, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. Genesis got it. Exodus got it. Leviticus, don't got it. <laughs> and we never even get to Deuteronomy. So we hardly ever hear verses out of Poor Deuteronomy. Poor old Deuteronomy. Yeah. He's got a, a moat around it. <laughs> but it's a pretty cool book. In chapter 28, verse 13, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. So that's going all the way back thousands of years ago in God's relationship with his people. Now, have you ever heard anybody say, I, I know I have, and I know you have, under the circumstances, I'm not doing very well lately? Oh, over the last year, not at all. I, <laughs> I say that very sarcastically. Uh, I think I think I was anything, feeling our, that last week. Oh, for sure. Because I sure. got I got sick and I for the circumstances, I was not doing very well lately. But most of the time when we ask that and you hear that kind of response, it's more of an emotional response that people mm -hmm. are having. It's mm -hmm. not because of something that's happened to them physically. It's because of circumstances or whatever. Well, so under the circumstances, I'm not doing very well lately. Our attitude toward that, if not our answer, should be this. Well, what are you doing under there? You know, as a Christian, <laughs> under don't you know? Yeah, you shouldn't be under the circumstances because you're you're above it, seated with Christ in the heavenly. So, if life, kitchen table theologian, if life has been the pits for you, know that you have been lifted out of that pit. Psalm one hundred three reminds us God redeems our lives from the pit. The elevated status, which is ours in the kingdom, is from Christ. It's in the spiritual realm in God's kingdom. That, however, doesn't mean that we wait until we get to heaven to have any authority or take our place of authority, we are there now. We, right now, rule and reign in the spiritual realm, which is that elevated, raised-up position. We just don't ever walk in that very often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But isn't that what draws us in, you know, that desire to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves? You know, we talk about that in life in general, but then once we have that, and it's beyond in. what we can imagine, and so I don't think we ever embrace it that mm -hmm. that much, which is to, you know, that's that's on us, mm -hmm. you know, not mm -hmm. on him. But that's not all. You also showed us that we've been raised up by God, and then you said we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. What's the third and last aspect of Ephesians 2.6 for us again? So that, that third part is we're united with Christ Jesus, Paul says. He picked us up, he sets us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah, and it makes perfect sense that we are there with Christ. If you believe the other scriptures that tell us we died with Christ and now we live with Christ, it is him who lives through us. Galatians 2.20 talks about that. He lives in us and we are one with him. Well, if we are one, then where he goes, I go, and where he is, I am. If he's on the throne, I'm nearby, positionally right there, right there with him. So 
you agree, right? Jesus is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. The church is the body of Christ. Have you ever seen a head walking around without a body? I mean, n- no. Where the head is, the body is. Mm-hmm. So where Christ is, we are. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a question that a friend you and I have in common loves to ask Christian believers. Are you a saint or are you a sinner? <laughs> and I think it, it is, we call it humility, but maybe it's just ignorance when we say, well, I, I've sinned. I'm not, I'm not worthy. And, you know, we get like, even now as I'm saying it, I'm kind of shrinking down, but behind the desk because yeah. we, that's in our humanness what we want to gravitate toward. But as you've reminded us today, we are seated there in the heavenlies with a father that loves us. And depending upon what religious faith tradition you grew up in, if you were beaten down and you were told, you know, time and again, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, mm. there's nothing redemptive about you and who you are, and God in His mercy saved you, but even then you still don't deserve it. I mean, we some of us, uh, some of us listening grew up under that, and mm-hmm. that that's a kind of a legalistic thing, and that's a... And so that's really hard when you've had that drummed into you. That's really hard to walk away from that mm-hmm. and then really believe all of this on my identity in Christ and that he raises me up and he sees me with Christ in the heavenlies and I'm united with Christ. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing for—that's a hard leap for a lot of people to take. Mm-hmm. And, and I imagine a number of us might also be thinking, if this is my position in life now that I'm in Christ— why am I still under my circumstances? Why am I hiding under those circumstances? Why am I not living in more victory? What's the barrier there? Well, I would just say, you know, don't beat yourself up over this if this is all new to you and you're not like walking in the victory of it. You may have never known this was your position. And if you didn't know it belonged to you, you can't walk in it. And and secondly, maybe you have heard this before, but it was just head knowledge and not heart knowledge for you. And until it gets down into your heart, it really won't do you much good. The way to get it into your heart is to hear the truth of God's Word over and over, renewing your mind to the truth by meditating on it. And I think spiritually and in the right context, visualize yourself in that position. I don't mean astral projection, and I don't mean getting crazy. I just mean having that self-talk, which is reflective of God's Word. No, I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I am in union with Him. Uh, that kind of thing. So see yourself spiritually near near Christ as He sits upon His throne. And look, if you do that, if you, if you picture yourself seated near Christ in the heavenlies, and then you look down on your problems and your circumstances— you, you can't help but see them as small, as if you're looking down to earth from an airplane at 35,000 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see the problems from a higher spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And a different spiritual perspective. Completely. And perspective is everything. everything. Perspective is everything. Well, hey, that is a great way to kick off this new series, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm so excited because in upcoming podcasts, we're going to be covering areas of justification, sanctification, glorification, regeneration, reconciliation, and adoption. All the shuns. All the shuns. (laughs) 
The Asians, the Asians, and then one final Sean. <laughs> and I am so excited about each and every one of them. And we're excited to have you, once again, Kitchen Table Theologians, joining us. We have so much to think on and be thankful for, and we are just happy that you're here along for the ride. Don't forget about our episode notes. Check those out when you get a chance. These are meticulously prepared and out there for most every podcast that we do, and they are created with you in line in mind to be an additional help to you as you dive deeper into the doctrine and theology of the Christian faith. Additionally, please check out our website at jeffcranston.com, where you can find your podcast archives and dozens of theological topics are discussed there. We now have dozens and dozens. dozens we have over four dozens. Dozens. <laughs> We're just adding and adding. I wish we had a donut for every <laughs> every one that we had. Those no, are the we, dozens I like to talk about. We're not keto. We can't eat those. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> but... Dive into the dozens and dozens there in the archives. And you can also read Pastor Jeff's blog where he writes on many issues important to the Christian life. And if you haven't done so already, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or family member who might benefit from it. As always, a special thanks to a new sound engineer She's we have filling today. In. She's doing yes, a great job she filling is. In. Anna Schoenstra is with us today. And as always, to our Lowcountry Community Church family right here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. And thanks again to you, Kitchen Table Theologians, for your support, your questions, and your encouragement along the way as we remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.